welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, please help us spread the word by sharing your favorite episodes on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Growth in Silence, The Undertone of Life by Susanna Cocroft, published in 1917. High ideals and lofty sentiments, with the mind and heart alert for new light, fresh thoughts to weave into new pictures, keep the heart, brain, and body young and strong. There is no senility in progress. We do not, quote, grow old. Age comes with the cessation of effort in letting go. So long as we keep growing, we are young. New cells are being born. We are the chemical laboratories of life, and cheerful thoughts give inspiration to life's building. Age is not measured by revolutions on the sundial. It is measured by the growth of the spirit, by the acceptance of new ideas, it may be the watching for a new flower each morning, or a new note in the songbird's carol, or a new shade in heaven's blue. High ideals and lofty purposes, the frequent uplift to something better, the happy mental attitude, are nature's rejuvenators. So let us admit no false limit to our youth. There is a negation in talking, in thinking death. Every emotion has its corresponding chemical activity. There is a positive growth in thoughts of life. There is stimulation to growth in joy and happiness. Let us live longer by living more fully, more richly each day. Richly because of richer thinking and more efficient doing. Finer thinking means finer power. Let us keep the negatives out of mind if we would like to live longer. Let us learn to love constructive thoughts, to keep love as our healing agent. Learn to flood our consciousness with the good and the true and the beautiful. We will be younger, stronger, better next week, next year, because our minds are building better every day. Why dread the years when they are accumulating such a rich fund of experiences? One great aging factor in the past has been the fear of death, but there is no death. There is something within us that never dies. The physical body which has bound us to earth while we were developing here Let's go its hold, but the thought, the agent of the spirit, is simply freed. How do I know? I know with that sixth sense which is but spiritual understanding. It is a privilege to develop the soul while in the body. It must be a still more glorious privilege to go on developing without the limitations of the physical. No force in nature is lost. Plants grow, blossom, and decay. 
Every particle of the decayed substance is used again. Carbonic acid gas passes off to feed other plant life, while the mineral substance is used by the earth in producing soil and in feeding other growth. So it is with the body when the spirit has deserted it. If wood be burned, the gases pass off more rapidly and the rapid combustion creates heat and energy. If these pass off very rapidly, light is created. All these are simply forces changing form. Everything in nature is in constant use. A pile of decaying vegetation creates heat by means of the chemical action of the gases in escaping. Think you that this eternal law, this conservation of energy, does not apply to the spiritual world as well as to the material? Is it possible to conceive that the greatest of all forces, one that controls the body, gives it life, and leaves it powerless at the change that we call death, the soul, can ever be lost? The spirit growing, expanding, bursts its bonds. Does it go far from its past environment? Who shall say? If it lives in a medium all its own, may it not be possible for it to impress itself on other spirits? or to give a part of its fire through this same medium? The belief that the liberated spirit still influences spirits in the body is gaining ground. We were once taught that the spirit went to heaven, some mystical place which is located above us. The idea that the spirits of loved ones linger near, that we feel their influence, that they do not lose their individuality but continue to develop is as reasonable a belief as that they may go to some mystical heaven far away. Many of us have firmly felt that they have communicated with those who have passed on. Who can say this may not be so? No matter where the departed go, since all physical life has been demonstrated as eternal, is it not logical to believe that the spirit is eternal and that this life continues? Why not accept unreservedly the belief that life once begun is never ended? That cycles of progress await the spirit on this plane or in other spheres of activity. The fear of death is one of the greatest restraints to life, to growth, we do not realize how our lives are hampered by fear of it. The opposite is true when we realize that there is no death. If the spirits linger near, it is pleasant to feel that they are ever helping and impressing for good those whose lives were knitted to theirs in the past. They may or may not commune with us so that we can see or hear them with our physical senses but have we not all, in some receptive mood, well lifted above the petty cares of the day, felt a sweet influence pervading the very air? Whether it be the individual spirit of a father, mother or friend, whether it be the love and influence of all spirits, the choir invisible, 
or call it the creative force we name God. It is felt and known, not with the knowledge of the senses, but with the knowledge of another sense, spiritual understanding. We know not where we shall go, but we do know the way. Love and light are the eternal forces, and it is in their atmosphere only that we may grow. Growth is life, and life is growth, and love must be the abiding quality, for it is the heart's relief, the soul's comfort. And since love is the strongest force of life, may it not be that, when relaxed and at rest, we are surrounded by it, the united love force of all who have been freed from the body? Realize that there is a great and mighty force working through all human life, one that is as powerful as the force of light, as powerful as the rays of heat, as powerful as the radio waves that convey music and messages, and that this force works in accordance with fixed laws. Consciousness of love is the reward of putting oneself in harmony with this law, and the poisonous effects of hatred, anger, jealousy on the physical self are the penalty of disobeying the law. This power works through us, as surely as do the chemical forces of nature. It is shaping our thoughts, it is directing our purposes, it is leading us on. It is building us up for better. Science until recently has recognized only five senses. Hearing, seeing, smelling, touching, tasting. It has been hinted that there might be a sixth sense, but those who dwelt on this thought were termed visionary. Yet each of us is conscious of knowledge of things not explained by the five senses. We cannot see, hear, smell, or feel the law which makes an apple fall from a tree to the earth, instead of going off into space or falling toward the sun. Yet we know that the law of gravitation draws all things toward the earth. We cannot tell why we are instinctively drawn toward some people while others repel us. We do not know why a child, before it can reason, intuitively goes to one person and draws away from another. We do not know why we feel uncomfortable in the presence of some and relaxed and at ease with others. Does it not show wisdom then to realize that we are under the laws of an all-pervading force shaping the universe? We cannot tell whence these forces come, nor limit their power. But so far as we can understand the laws of the spirit force from their effect on our thoughts and on our physical natures, we can put ourselves in harmony with them by obeying them. The individual who has thought much, studied much, weighed all sides of this question is the one who has the courage to say, I do not know. How much mental and physical effort we continuously put forth to understand 
and create in the material world, and how little time we spend in a receptive attitude comprehending the spiritual. Eight hours a day are given to life's physical activities, eight hours to sleep, and eight hours caring for the body or seeking pleasure. Little time is given to the development of the spiritual nature, or to listening to that quote, we small voice, listening with the soul, and not the ear. If you talk with an older relative, a grandfather or grandmother about their life, what you will hear more often than not is that their younger lives were filled with passions and concerns that no longer trouble them, and that in their later years they've grown more peaceful, happier, understanding. Is this not because as we grow older, we move closer in harmony with the divine, the state of the spirit after death? Then if this be so, death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.